This is a uh, special cliffcentral.com podcast, which we are recording at the Top Employers event for the 1st of October 2015, honoring all the people who have um, done so well to rise to the top of uh, the HR, I suppose you could call it the HR divisions in various uh, of South Africa's most well-known companies. Um, some of them are here as, well, I'm pleased to say, and I'm sure they're proud to be, repeat offenders. Um, if you'll have your tongue firmly lodged in your cheek for this one, because to be a repeat offender in this environment means that you are the best in the business. People want to work for these companies. People uh, value the the distinction of being part of these companies as a very high honor. They are pleased to be there. It's a healthy working environment. These are the innovators. These are the people who are crafting the best practice in South Africa when it comes to, and in Africa in many cases, when it comes to employment. So Top Employers 2016, the awards this evening, will uh, we'll commence a little bit later on. But we're lucky enough to have backstage, effectively, some of the, uh, of the people who make things happen in various companies. And beginning right off the bat with David Plink, who's, of course, with Top Employers. David, nice to see you again. Pleasure to be here. I hear this is the biggest event you've ever had. More yes, people in, uh, than ever before. In terms of attendance, yes, absolutely. We have... Um some 800 guests invited tonight, uh, guests for, uh, for this big dinner um, from all over the African continent. So it's, a, it's an exciting evening. And it seems to me that there are also going to be lots and lots of people vying for the top spots again. Do you expect any major changes? I think that's a little bit early to tell. Um, so I'm going to hold that's, my That's what most that of these one. people yes. want to know. <laughs> I know, but it's a, um, so one of it, we are a certification, and it's important for every company that is here tonight to receive the uh, attention because they're certified as a top employer, and everybody deserves that uh, recognition. Um, the The ranking is is a lot of fun. The ranking is it's it's in a competitive market like South Africa, um, and it's it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, but in the end, we're certifying companies, and we're very excited to have 134 companies here that can honor, that can be honored and celebrate their achievement. Is South Africa a good environment to be employed in? I mean, on the whole, when you compare it to perhaps what uh, we hear about other countries, uh, you're probably the only one who can speak here without being biased towards any particular company. But, but looking at the amount of, of information that you have over the last while, dealing with the certification, with the recognition, is South Africa a good place to work? I would definitely argue that the companies that we certify are um, among the best um, in the industry, and um, that is because they offer the best conditions for their people to develop. Um, those are the ones that we research. Um, and if you look at that in an international perspective, we see that in a, a younger economy like South Africa, in comparison to, say, uh, Western Europe, um, there's a lot of best practices that we see that are applied directly right. From the get-go, they're used uh, they're used in the right way. So we see actually that in many cases in South Africa, but also across the African continent, um, the employers are ahead of their peers in, in some of the more traditional markets. Is there any particular industry that's better in employing people than, than any other? Uh, if, you, if you looked at the, at the breakdown of, of major listed companies in South Africa, for example, and you categorize them according to what they do, whether they're in retail, whether they're in marketing, whether they're in uh, commodities. Is there any particular industry that is better as an employer across the board than any other? 
Um, we look at the industries. We certify companies today across 23 industries, um, and we do look at their um, uh, at, at the smaller groups as well, and look who has the highest scores. Um, but we don't make full comparisons as to which industry is best because um, one um, again, it's about the certification. That's the most important. We, we that industry component is less important. And secondly, we're looking at relatively small numbers to draw conclusions from. So if you have in total some 80 companies that are certified um, over 23 industries, um, it's hard to say which ones are the best. Do you have to be a successful, uh, profitable company to also be a good employer? Or, or are there companies that are not necessarily making a huge profit but are still doing better in, in HR and in, and in best practice in employing people than companies that perhaps make millions and millions but maybe treat their staff less well? Um, what we see is that, um, in principle, you need to have sufficient funds to offer the right conditions. So um, all the companies that are represented here tonight invest in their people, and that is a deliberate choice because they believe in development like we do. Um, so do you have to be successful financially? Um, I believe it helps a lot. Um, is it completely necessary? I wouldn't say so. We also see not-for-profit organizations that are extremely successful and they don't focus on profit, so it's possible. What we do see and we've seen over the past years is that companies within our top employer group that continue to invest in their people um, outperform the stock market on a regular basis. That's actually an interesting statistic that we mm. recognize because investing in your people is actually something that yields results for your bottom line in the end. Excellent. Thank you, David. Now, two um, of, of the companies that have, have been here for a number of years running now and really are uh, superb when it comes to keeping their records uh, high and, and, and breaking records, in fact, uh, making sure that they maintain a very high ranking and uh, certainly their certification and, and are recognized here uh, tonight again. Um, Nestle, uh, Brian Tiebileu. Tiebileu. Sorry, Brian, I'll get that right. Brian's with Nestle. I actually went to your offices a while back and I saw what you guys are doing. I've also been to Antoinette Irvin's offices at Unilever. And between Nestle and Unilever, I actually saw quite a lot of similarities. Are, are you two in competition for the uh, top spot tonight? And do you hate each other? Is there, <laughs> is, is there a good reason why there's one man between you on, on the panel today? I would definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, quite uh, two separate companies with different views on how we do things. And uh, definitely it's our competition. Um, and we look forward to a fair game. Nestle, of course, you, you employ lots and lots of people, but you've uh, got a, a very snazzy office in, in Bryanston, which I had to... Uh, you even have places for people to keep their pets if they bring their pets into yeah. work. You have uh, a, a nursery where mothers can have their kids looked after, a, like a kindergarten, in effect. Um, is this something that comes from the top down, or is this something that you research from the, from the bottom up and you ask your people, what do you need? I think it's responding to the current environment that we're in that uh, Nestle has realized that it's competitive advantage. It's not only our brands, but the people that we have and the quality of people. And uh, that's, what, that's what has driven uh, what we have today because of, it's not actually from the top uh, because some of our global uh, companies or our headquarters don't even have some of what we have locally. So it's actually based on uh, trying to be competitive in the market and offering uh, better than others sounds good it looks good it obviously works um you enjoy working for for nestle <laughs> it's a fantastic company that i can tell you for sure um i couldn't have uh, opted for anything else 
And do you have people uh, coming from, from various parts of South Africa saying that this is the place they want to work because they've heard of the way you treat your staff? They've heard of the, the kinds of benefits that you get from working at Nestle? Yeah, I think we have uh, a competitive advantage that uh, most companies uh, don't have. One is that uh, we are a global company, mm -hmm. therefore we offer that uh, global competitiveness, global careers, and um, we always say we think uh, global, but we act local. So that actually offers us that most companies cannot, and our key focus, I think, has always been in developing people. And that's one of the things we say in Nestle, it's all about, uh, it's, it's not about running a 100-meter race, but it's about a, a marathon. So we're in it for a lo long run, and uh, that's what's been uh, one of our competitive advantage. Antoinette, when we talk about Unilever, you guys already have an advantage in that you are in Durban, which is healthier by far than Johannesburg. Um, but there, I've been to your offices too, and there's an impressive array of, of very interesting, very different things that you do that make it not only pleasant and interesting to work for Unilever, but effective. Um, the, the, the entire operation seems to me to be running very, very well. Have you changed things since the last time I saw you? You've got gyms, you've got uh, your little coffee bars, you've got people who can go and have uh, various of your products from a shop, you've got a little ice cream set, set up there. You've, it's pretty much anything, that, anything and everything that you could imagine. What's new? Uh, so for this year, we continue to look at opportunities. Johannesburg is a big uh, opportunity for us. So we equally would like to upgrade all our facilities to the same standard, including our factories, hmm. um, Gareth. So we're looking at how we can bring everybody to par. That sounds very interesting. Factories, of course, represent a whole different challenge um, because to make an office environment uh, different and, and interesting and stimulating is, is a lot easier, I suppose, than making a factory into those things. When people think of factories, we, we can't help it. Even if uh, you have the most wonderful factory in the world, we can't help thinking it's like some Victorian kind of industrial era you know, workhouse. Clearly, that's going to be an interesting project for you. Have you got ideas already? Are you implementing them already? So we will take the blueprint we have in Durban. Uh, we have a world-class foods factory in Durban Riverhorse. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it's about acknowledging that the employees in our factory equally should have uh, eating facilities, health facilities, childcare facilities um, at the same standard as our head office. So that's our ambition. Uh, and again, as David said, it, it does require money, uh, but it's worth it in the end. Is it getting easier or harder to employ people in South Africa from the point of view of Unilever and Nestle? I'm going to address you both and you can both have a go at this one. Yeah, I think I would say that the market is becoming very competitive um, and you've got what I call generational preferences or drivers, what drives people to go to companies. And you can see that uh, with, the, with, the, with the different generations are driven by different things. The millenniums, um, you've got to approach them differently and give them different offerings. And we're still trying to figure out what bogs them down, what keeps them to stay long, right. and what can excite them in order to stay in companies. And uh, I, I sometimes call them the iPad generation. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's still quite a, a challenge that uh, as HR people, how do companies keep them longer? And how do you ensure that they've got depth in terms of their understanding before they move up, up the hierarchy? I mean, there's always this thing that uh, they want to be in the next, within the next six years, they want to be in senior management. Yeah. But how do you still ensure mobility, uh, growth, whilst ensuring that they've got depth in terms of knowledge? So I Absolutely. should say that it's quite competitive, 
And, um, you know, in the FMCG stays, uh, uh, area, you can think about the fact that you don't have such huge uh, margins or we don't throw money at people um, as much as some industries can. So we've got to offer something that is quite competitive other than just giving money. So it's, it's, Absolutely. it's quite a tough environment in, the, in, in, in that sense. Uh, Antoinette, do you want to have a go at that one? Yeah, so Harder uh, or easier to employ um, people? I was reading an article this week. They say um, there's a war for talent, um, but talent have won. So um, that's our reality. I think in South Africa, um, the colleagues around the table will know that it's extremely competitive. Um, and you really do have to provide um, HR practices, policies, leadership programs and career opportunities um, that are ahead of your competition because actually the money in the end, as we all say, actually doesn't matter. So we can continue to compete on packages, but actually the packages is not what keeps your talent. So from a Unilever point of view, I think the fact that we're global is extremely important because the, the opportunities we can provide from leadership and from placing people around the world is something that gives us an edge. Well, there's some more questions, but I'm going to give you a break. Um, so thank you very much, Brian. Thank you very much, Antoinette. And thank you, David. We'll probably check in with you before the end of this. I wonder if we could have Avashni and Roddy and Lerato. Cliffcentral.com. Everybody talks about the, the, the package in HR, you know, what, what kind of, essentially, what, how much money are you going to pay for people. But when I look around this table, I'm sure that there are, because you're all in, in HR and you all probably know each other quite well, not just from top employers, the sensitive part of this, the question that I think everybody would probably think, you all poach each other's staff, really good people, not necessarily from the same industry. But, you know, if you find a really good person and you hang on to them and someone else around this table hears about that person and they come in and they try to take them away, does that uh, create a bit of friction in the HR environment? Because you all see each other at things like this. Um, do you go, oh, yeah, by the way, thanks for taking Brian or thanks for stealing this one? Does it happen? You know, be honest with me. I think from an Accenture perspective... <clears throat> <coughs> Sandy said she does. <laughs> but, I mean, we know it's, it's bound to happen. People will leave. Yeah. Um, however, we still see that we are building skills for the country. So I think collectively as an HR team or executive um, or industry, mm. we are building skills. We are developing skills that are going to be relevant for, um, for South Africa. So... so um, <coughs> I think from a Coke perspective, um, what I find within Coke, the the average tenure of people are are very long. People, when they join, they stay, and 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 that's a, that's one of the amazing uh, things about working at Coke. However, people do leave, and um, I think that it's not always about the the pay, but it's about uh, and and what we, f we find is that the pay gets the person into the organization. It's but but it's not the kind of thing that it, that retains them. So it's beyond the pay that that the uh, the pay conversation. So it's about providing development opportunities uh, within uh, the business unit, which is South Africa, but also globally, um, so that people can be the best at what they 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 want to be. So it goes beyond just uh, what you pay the individual. Ruane, do you ever steal good ideas when you see them in other companies, particularly at top employers? You you hear that they've maybe got. Um you know, a bar and a jacuzzi open on a Friday, <laughs> and you guys hear about this. Do you ever steal an idea like that and so, go, ah, that, we'll just pretend that was ours as well? 
So, I mean, Top Employer, <laughs> the reason why we participate in Top Employer is to benchmark what we do within Coca-Cola. Right. And we've, we've had some feedback in, and have implemented thing, uh, uh, policies as a result of our participation. So we, we do. Uh, and and we, we, we steal shamelessly uh, across the world in terms of um, and then customizing it to what works and what drives our business strategy locally. So, yeah, we steal shamelessly. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that because it's honest and it's also refreshing. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's the kind of response you seldom hear from, from people, particularly in a very competitive environment. I mean, around this table, we've got companies that really are the top of the pops when it comes to where anyone would want to work, no matter what kind of uh, CV they've got, no matter what kind of experience they might already have. So there must be a degree of you know, oh, no, I just read something amazing about Unilever or Nestle. Why isn't that us when it happens to, you know, Coca-Cola, for example, or Accenture? Do you, do you find that it's best? And I know Accenture, you guys start at a very early stage to find talent. You go into the universities. You talk to the, 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 uh, the universities. You get into the, the classes. You make sure that you earmark early on the kind of people you might be interested in having at Accenture. Is, is that something that you think gives you an advantage over other people who maybe wait for them to qualify and get out? Definitely. We start very, very early. Um, we actually start at universities even before um, the students have completed their degrees. We start at first year mm. to ensure that we can identify the, you know, that talent and stay close to them so that when they are ready to explore the, the work world, the natural choice for them is to join Accenture. So it does give us a competitive advantage, I think, to start engaging with people at, um, you know, at a very, very early stage. Yes. Um, is it difficult at Coca-Cola? It's such a huge company. You've got so many people who work for you. Is it difficult to implement these things, or is it more difficult to come up with the ideas? And I think this would go for anybody. So you're answering on behalf of us. So recently what we did is we... Um, had a serious introspection in terms of looking at the way we manage people. And part of that process was to, to look at best practice across the world and to look at what other companies... First of all, we looked at what we were doing and we looked at what other companies are doing. And I suppose the decision was what practices best support what we need to drive uh, in terms of to accelerate our growth. And so if, if we can't justify uh, how this is going to... Whatever the policy is going to... How it's going to drive growth... Uh, we, we won't just implement it for the sake of implementing it. So we're very focused in terms of ensuring that um, the processes, like managing our talent, developing our talent, that that will drive the acceleration of our growth. We, we have a different business model. We have a very small uh, office of uh, Coca-Cola people in, 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 our, in our regions and a huge community uh, of system community of bottler partners. And so we work very closely. So, uh, so in, within our system, we have talent available across, um, uh, you know, our system, uh, and we collaborate with our bottler partners in terms of ensuring that we that we win in the markets that we were we we in, uh, and so we also leverage uh, best practice from our bottler partners and 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 make sure that we collaborate um, with those partners as well. Is it difficult to keep people in in an environment where perhaps for a lot of for a lot of them it does come down to just more money somewhere else, um, especially when you've got different goals to say other people. And let's remove the fluff for a second, because it doesn't matter how many nice things you offer as benefits or as add-ons or as things that 
might make people happier or more comfortable or more healthy or all those things. In the end, it does boil down to a lot, for a lot of people, to money. Um, how, how much pressure do you feel to have to keep upping the ante to keep really good talent? Because we know people don't hang around for long anywhere anymore. It's not like it was 50 years ago where you go into a career and you stick in the career and you climb the ladder and eventually you become the boss if you're good. Um, now, people move far more quickly. I think what we're finding is that the challenge is more around the young generation of people with our more experienced uh, um, associates, I mean, people that have been there 10, 15 years. Uh, I, I think we're we a lot more settled in terms of ensuring that we retain and engage those individuals. Our challenge is really the young group of people because the expe expectations are different. Uh, the way they think about work is different. Um, and so... Uh, our challenge is really to find a way of connecting with this group of people, understanding what their needs are. Uh, because if you look at our policies and procedures, they're very, they're very, I suppose, rigid. They're very structured. And, and what this group of people want is very different in terms of how they want to be uh, engaged and, and how we need to connect with them. So one of the things that we started looking at is how do we start creating development experiences for these individuals where we continuously can move these individuals into different, into different markets, mm. in, uh, where they can work in different countries. Uh, you know, as you said, pay is a dis dis uh, it's a hygiene factor. If people, if you, if you, if people are not, if you're not paying people a reasonable and equitable, equitable salary, they'll be they will be dissatisfied. But it's not the kind of thing we find that retains people in the organisation. So we look at how we can we create exciting, funky experiences for this young group of people uh, within our within our system and with our com within our company. Rowan Cock from Coca-Cola, thank you very much, and thank you, Avashni from uh, from Accenture. Um, I think let's, uh, let's go by company then. Joanna Maparisa is with EY South Africa and uh, Richard Dutoy is with Group 5. Um, it's an interesting environment in construction at the moment, right? Truly. I mean, it, it, <laughs> Richard, it's tough. Your margins are very, very tight. Um, the, 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 the boom of a couple of years ago has in some ways dissipated, but I still see cranes on the horizon. You guys are still major employers. Uh, you employ everybody from uh, wildly expensive and, uh, and, and experienced engineers and, and people who understand the business environment right to the, the people who are actually moving bricks and mortar around. So it must be very difficult to formulate any kind of standard HR policy when you've got such different needs at different levels. Absolutely. Um, in the construction game, I suppose you have a, a differentiated workforce in that you have the professionals at the top and they're highly competitive market and we have a, uh, as you say, a sort of fundamental labor force at the bottom where it's hardly competitive at all other than the unions who compete, compete for our, our profits, I guess. Yeah. Do you find that that's, that's difficult to manage because you, you have to look at it in so many different ways and from so many different angles? It certainly has its challenges. Um, <laughs> The, the labor side is a very different challenge to retaining young engineers with great expe ex expectations. So mm. we, we have different challenges on a daily basis, absolutely. Do we have enough qualified people? I mean, do you find you, you are spoiled for choice when you're looking to hire new people? Um, we have expand? enough qualified people. We don't have enough experienced people. So the transition from qualification to experience is the challenge we face. And do you take that on as something that is uh, one of the things that you guys have to do? You have to give people the, the opportunity to gain the experience. I think, um, without bragging too much, but I guess that's why we're here. Um, yes, that's on. where Group 5 would probably <laughs> differentiate. We have a corporate academy 
which is quite different in the construction industry, which is specifically designed and um, implemented for that purpose, is to actually bring the young engineers through at an accelerated pace so that they can take part in the major projects. Uh, Jana, you guys have got a, an amazing new building, EY, yes. in Santon. It's beautiful. I've driven past it a few times. It's also one of those buildings that's, uh, that's doing things to make it greener and mm-hmm. kind of more energy efficient and all yeah. of that stuff. Do people, do people like a company that is socially and, and uh, environmentally responsible? Do they feel better about themselves working for a place that, and, and, a, and a group of other people who care about that sort of thing? No, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it, our, it creates a lot of brand loyalty for our, for our employees. And uh, the design of the building has been made to be very interactive. It offers a lot that engages our employees. And I've, I've been in it, and you're absolutely right. There isn't this idea of cubicles and people working behind a computer screen the whole time. There's, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, of, of uh, kind of interaction. True. I think we've, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a design we had adopted even in our previous building, We've just now enhanced it more in, in, in this building. But it's, it's an open door policy, so there's no doors. It's, 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 it's a wall free uh, Even for the big buses. And absolutely, our CEO <laughs> sits in the open plan. I sit in the open plan. And we, we, we have um, office spaces, not necessarily office, but, you know, private spaces so for taking calls and, kind of thing, yeah. and for, for privacy. But it creates a vibe, a very open vibe and a very open environment where people can interact. I want to ask you one of the tougher questions. When you, when you know someone doesn't want to stay, it's very easy to get rid of them. Uh, you know, if, if someone, and I'm not being callous and cavalier mm-hmm. about this, mm-hmm. but you, you guys are in HR. The challenge is also sometimes when there's a bad egg to try and shift them out in the least complicated way yes. possible. You want yes. to cause as little disruption as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, is it very, very hard in the, in the current, I suppose you could blame it on legislation, you could blame it on unions, you could blame it on a lot of things, but is it hard within the company to manage this kind of exit for someone who you don't want anymore? I guess we welcome the legislation and what it's intended to achieve. We count a lot more on our performance management practices to make sure that we um, identify people early on and try to support them uh, to fit to fit in and deliver what needs to be what they need to do, but that should they not uh, be the caliber of people that we want to keep, that there are clear processes of dealing with it and dealing with it successfully. It's still difficult, but it's it's doable. It's, it's never it's never easy. Yeah. Though. It's never pleasant, right? Yeah. yeah, never. Yeah. Have you, Richard? Have you ever hired anyone and within a couple of days thought, "Oh my God, I've made a terrible mistake." <laughs> Uh, in, in construction, that's a fairly regular event. Uh, we, we cycle people for projects quite a lot, so you're yeah. bringing in new people probably at a higher frequency than most industries. Mm. So, yes, we do make those mistakes occasionally. Um, what we've found, just to answer a little bit of your previous question, though, is that to retain the talent, we need to manage the, let's say, non-talent that we bring in and manage them out quickly. Otherwise, you demotivate the people in the organization who actually do have talent. So we... What happens, Joanna, if you, if you end up with perhaps not the right person in a very senior position? Let's not say they're a bad person. Let's just say that they're not the exactly right person. They're not the right fit for, mm. the, for the organization. And, and it sometimes takes a while to discover this in yeah. any company. What do you do then? I guess the more senior, the more mature the discussions become. And, um, you know, as, as, as a firm, you know... We, we have to support, firstly, 
and in the event that that's not working, when you start having those mature discussions around exiting and, and looking at options. And it's a difficult thing to do, but it's an important thing to do. Like he said, you've got to maintain uh, certain levels of uh, quality in the organization, and part of that is dealing with what you perceive as not the right fit of people. And Joanna, do you um, do you think that there are there are more things that we could all be doing? Um, if if you were addressing a room full of potential employees, what would you tell them to do to make themselves as ready as possible for you? Take control of their careers. Have very clear vision in terms of what they want. You know, most of us here around the table, we 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 part of global organisations. There's a lot of investment and talent development that's available. What I always say to our staff is that you've got to harness the opportunities and make it work for you. And it's only when you own that as an employee that it, it, the whole system works for an individual. Do you agree with that, Richard? Absolutely. Uh, internal networking is probably the key to a successful career in a big corporate, I think, is to find mentors and people who are prepared to look after you. So that, that requires a certain investment from the employee. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. All right, very, very good. Thank you both. That's uh, Joanna Maparisa, who is the uh, talent leader for Africa for EY, and then Group 5's um, Richard Dutoy. Thank you very, very much. Cliffcentral.com. From uh, Tata Consultancy Services, we've got uh, Dinesh, and from Old Mutual, we have Anisha. Um, when we talk about mentors and mentees and all that kind of thing, because this is a new buzzword in HR and it's a new buzzword in employment in South Africa, and every young person I meet says that they need a mentor to get ahead. Do you think this is true, Anisha? Do you think that this is some new fad that will go away? Because it's replaced some other old terminology and it's replaced some function of perhaps HR in the past, but it's also a brand new thing that that sometimes isn't as uh, necessary as some young people seem to think it is. Does everyone need a mentor? Um, I don't think it's new. I think it's always been there, uh, Gareth. And uh, it's a mentor plays a very important role in helping an employee navigate their career through uh, an organization. So whether it's a mentor, a coach, and in our case, we are focused on even buddies for new employees coming in. Uh, it's a critical, critical part of helping new employees find their way, map, map their careers, and look at a long-term path rather than just short-term uh, opportunities within an organization. It's a relationship that is built between an, an employee and somebody who's knowledgeable about the organization, knowledgeable about more than just the business, about life in general, that can help an employee. And it's a critical part of, of, of anyone's development. Dinesh, do you use certain <laughs> tools to figure out what kind of personalities people have before they come and work for you? Because sometimes this can be very helpful if, if, uh, if you know, for example, that you've got someone who's a very low reactor or someone who's, who's quite a driver or someone who perhaps is more into, into the social stuff, uh, someone who's a, you know, better with people. Do you use certain tools to figure out what you're dealing with before you hire someone? Uh, at Tata Consultancy Services, we don't use any uh, tool to uh, evaluate people. Like the psychological tools and other things, we, we we use two levels of interviews when we hire people. It's a very systematic way of uh, hiring. 
in fact globally we are about 300000 people wow. in uh, south africa we are uh, about uh, 650 now and we are still growing uh, our recruitment engine is well oiled engine in fact uh, in a year we recruit about 50000 people wow. so uh, we have a uh, you said these two interviews how does that work two interviews like uh, first level of interview is technical mm-hmm. and the second level of interview is more of cultural fitness whether the person will fit into the organizational culture or not so uh, it's a well uh, filtered process that we uh, we use there is no tool specifically that used to uh, check is there anybody else who does use these sorts of tools fairly regularly to figure out what you're about to hire in terms of a personality or the lack thereof in many cases <laughs> no 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 we do you do yeah absolutely you, what what kinds of things do you use so we would use uh, personality assessments we'd use eq which is a a key differentiator in who we bring into the organization so looking at the emotional you know readiness of an individual for certain roles so we are very focused on assessments as one component though of the selection uh, criteria most people rely too heavily if they do on the assessment tools we would use it as one component in a series of interviews um role plays if they if they if it's needed and uh, and we will do a cultural assessment to look at fit for our organization anisha old mutual is is a, a you know it's a, it's a well respected company I imagine that there's also a bit of agitation from both the top and from the market that you need disruptors but a lot of the things that need doing in a company like Old Mutual and there are many other companies that share this around the table are things that you actually just need compliant people for <laughs> you don't really want too many disruptors certainly at certain levels and in certain places you do yeah. is it easy to pick those people out and to put them in the right spots the disruptors yeah uh, well There are parts of the organization that are really about compliance. It is a 170-year-old financial services organization. But there are parts of the organization that is about how do you go to market differently? And that's where innovation, creativity and the disruptors are needed. So you're looking for a totally different profile, a marketeer, someone who understands uh distribution channels etc so you would seek different capabilities in those people and and look for something completely different from an actuary or a ca or an investment professional you don't want to disrupt a actuary no, you definitely don't want that <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to nesh when it comes to to hiring people do you have even in the back of your mind some kind of um benchmark you you think okay this person's likely to last Five years, or you give yourself a window period for for people to to kind of hang around before they they cycle out. Is there is there any kind of idea you have of? I mean, the, the old days I mentioned earlier of people staying forever in in a job are over. Do you have in the back of your mind some strategy for how long they need to be there? Yeah, in fact, when we hire people, we uh, we look for an attitude in a person, and uh, we don't. tell them that we are giving you a job we always mm. tell them that we are giving you a career and uh, people look at a long term career in tata consultancy services before they come so uh, we promise them that uh, if you can you can if if you join us you can have a global career you not only uh, work with us in one particular project in a particular domain but you can work in different domains like a retail person can work in retail for 5 years and can go into banking 
can work in different countries. In fact, recently we have started a program where uh, people start their career in a different country. Mm. So they, they join as a graduate, they go to a different country for nine months, they complete the training, then come back. So uh, we look at a person not for a particular job, but for a long-term career. So uh, yes, we give them a lot of time to get settled and have a career with the organization. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Anisha. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I think uh, we're going to wrap it up with uh, Thermo Fisher and Vodacom. And I haven't left anyone out, have I? I don't think so. Vodacom's turn. Thermo Fisher. I just want to check on the pronunciation of your name, Masin. Is that right? Okay, thank God. I was worried I was going to mess that up. You're going to sit up here. Great. Thank you all so much. Uh, this is really, so far, very, very interesting stuff. A lot of it I had no idea about. Um, <laughs> even though I'm asking the questions, the answers are far more important than the questions in this case. Cliffcentral.com. We've got um, Marcin Khoury, who is from uh, Thermo Fisher Scientific. You make uh, the scientific equipment. That's correct. That's what you do. We yeah. are a world leader in, in serving science, basically. Very, very interesting stuff. A very specific and uh, precise stuff that you have to know and do. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And if you remember last year, you had an interview with CSIR. Yes. And that's one of our major customers as well. So we help the scientists and we enable them to make the world safer, cleaner and healthier. And of course, Vodacom make cakes. <laughs> no, definitely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not cakes at all. We actually enable uh, people to communicate. Uh, Matiba Mbuela is, the, uh, is the, the HR man, the chief HR officer for Vodacom Group Limited. You is must it? be approaching oh, many thousands of employees by now. I no. shudder to think. <laughs> no, not really, actually. We have um, quite an efficient organization. In South Africa, we're just about 4,000 employees. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's how we work. And, and I suppose at the end of the day, it's about creating shareholder value, right. which is very important on running a very lean organization that continues to grow year by year, at the same time making sure that people have got fulfilling careers in the business. How does Vodacom invest in new talent? Because there are, there are certain skills that will be required in the new economy. There are certain jobs that we don't even know the descriptions of around this table yet that we don't have names for. People who will be 3D printer operators. People who will uh, develop uh, new vehicles that you will fly around on. Um, drone pilots. These are the kinds of things that ultimately will be the, the jobs of the future. How does Vodacom, which is a very forward-thinking organization... Depends how much time you've got, Gareth, this afternoon. But, <laughs> but I considering can, considering <laughs> all of the, the, the four thousand people you already employ. Yeah, look, I can I can tell you for sure that um, our industry has changed a lot. Um, we all know that. For instance, uh, five, seven years ago, no one would have thought that we have as much data explosion as we've got today. From a business point of view, we we already knew then that this is where the industry is going to head head towards. And as a result of that, one of the key things that we did was to invest in the right skills in the organization. And interestingly, you were talking earlier about uh, taking talent from other organizations. Mm. One of the key things that we have as Vodacom is about driving customer experience and making sure that we've got very good segmented approaches that then uh, we're able to package the right offerings and propositions to our customer base. And that's the reason why, even in today's world, when data is exploding so much, we're still able to grow because we've got people in the organization who are able to design the right propositions for people 
like yourself. Well, thank you. Um, Marcin, when you, when you talk about HR, in, invariably the HR office is very close usually to the lawyers. Am I right? In any company. The lawyers are never too far from the HR office because you've got to check a whole lot of things. Um, do you find that, that this is now standard practice in, in most companies, or do you think that sometimes there are ways of not circumventing because we don't want the lawyers to feel left out, but making them less necessary to hiring, to uh, firing, to keeping good talent? I think from my perspective, this depends on the size of the company. So we are a small to medium-sized company in South Africa, and therefore, in reality, we don't work so closely with uh, with lawyers. So our Lucky HR, you. our HR are very very proficient in what they are doing. But you're also in a very specialized field, so I would imagine that skills are an important part of what you look for when you hire people. Are you finding enough of the candidates that you need in your in your operations? I have to say that yes, and Good. I am very proud to say that. Uh, a month ago, we hired nine people. The average age was 23, 24, and it was amazing the level of skills that we can see in South Africa. That's fantastic. Are you finding enough black, young black talent? Definitely, yes. That's incredibly important. Um, I think that, that obviously in, in HR, there are certain imperatives too, and perhaps Vodacom is in a unique position to address these two. You know, government was there at the beginning of Vodacom. Yeah. And Vodacom feel probably a, a great deal of responsibility to making sure that they fulfill not the, the roles of, of perhaps or, or the, the, the responsibilities that a parastatal would have, but certainly that there's, there's almost a, a thing about being part of the new South Africa that Vodacom very much embraces, developing um, perhaps in, in places that South Africans have not been developed as well the big urban areas it's easy but Vodacom obviously you have if you have a signal in a rural area you must also have a plan for making it possible for the people in that area to work for you yeah you remember in the early days one of the key things that we said publicly was about democratizing telecommunications and I think we've done that um, as a matter of fact we proudly say that almost 98 to 99 percent of the country is covered by our business so essentially there's hardly any place in the country where you can't connect to our network and truly speaking, that what is important is about being connected to the community. Uh, we've got a massive corporate social responsibility program that we do, not because someone says so, but because we strongly believe in enabling communities in our country through telecommunications in different ways. Um, one of the most recent things that we've done is actually being training the teachers, uh, for instance. There's a big teacher training program that we run throughout the country. And essentially, what, what does that do? It helps grow and enable our, our, our children with good quality teachers. And we provide telecommunications uh, tools for teachers. Um, I'm sure you've heard about it. If you haven't, I'll I have. ask you to actually engage with, with this have. because it's a very important platform in which we use our capabilities to build uh, the, country's cap the country. Uh, gentlemen, both of you, uh, the, the way that people approach companies now, if they want to work there, is totally different. Using technology, something you both have in common. Um, do people contact you mostly via email? Is it mostly through LinkedIn, uh, Facebook? How do people uh, come to you now as opposed to how they might have come to you 10 years ago? From my perspective, it's, we use all means of communication, to be honest. Um, the one that I'm most recent proud of is um, a gentleman on a Saturday morning 
uh, was actually holding a placard and said, I'm an engineer. He was in Rosebank. I'm a yeah. qualified engineer. It was actually featured in one of the Saturday uh, big papers. Mm-hmm. I'm a qualified engineer, and I'm actually looking for a job, and I'm good at what I do. I can, I'm, proudly, uh, I'm proud to say that he is an employee of Vodacom today because we spotted the opportunity. He went public. We actually approached him, and uh, we managed to employ him. So for me, it's using all means of communications that are available. So for this gentleman, I was, it was on a Saturday morning. I was reading the Saturday's uh, paper, mm-hmm. and then in reading that paper, I said, there's a guy who looks like he's, you know, he's trying to find luck in getting a job. And I said, you know what, what a, what a good way of trying to employ, approach an employer. We approached him. Interestingly, there were other employers that were on him, hmm. and he happens to be a very good talent. And I'm proud to say that I think he's going to be one of the gems for you the future. Snapped him up. Well yeah, done. Yeah, we did. We did. And so that example is to say that we we don't limit ourselves in terms of where you spot talent. We look at any available opportunity. Some people do approach me on WhatsApp, as an example, and uh, you know <laughs> we create the platforms to engage because you never know where you can find very good people, and you don't want to shut off the opportunity. And there are cases where it doesn't work, and we just accept and move on, yeah? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up there. We said we'd be 45 minutes. I'm three minutes over that, so I think I've been as uh, disciplined as I've ever been in my life. Thank you all very much. Congratulations for being here. Obviously, uh, good luck for the awards this evening, but um, keep doing the excellent work that you're doing. Um, HR is, is, is hard. It's not always easy. It's difficult. There are a whole lot of things that you have to do that we haven't even covered here this afternoon, but um, I do think that Top Employers is helping us to get a glimpse into the world, that uh, the very difficult world that you guys have to juggle every day. And uh, keep employing the best people in South Africa and keep them growing, keep them improving, keep them developing, because if uh, you guys don't do it, we're in a lot of trouble. No pressure. Go and enjoy the evening. Thank, Thank you, you very Thank much. You.